Welcome to Network Marketing Breakthroughs Podcast with Rob Sperry, where you will hear stories and strategies to help increase sales in your business. Let's level up your network marketing business with your host, Rob Sperry. So Zach, I, I just want to hear it. I mean, 13 years plus in, in the network marketing profession. Before that, it was sales, 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 right? Lots of sales. And we're going to talk everything sales a little bit later. But before that, I think people want to know who you are and maybe tell us, like, give us like the highlighted version of highs and lows of what you've been through, because I'm sure it wasn't always easy. And I'm sure there's always a learning process. And you're one of my favorite people to follow because you don't just make posts like we make posts always sometimes, but you have really good, insightful posts that I'm just like, Ooh, that's good. Like store that, screenshot that, save that, give Zach credit on that the first three times and then take credit the fourth time. So been watching. I love it. So I'm excited to get you on, my man. All oh, right, on man. Well, I am. Um, I'm, I'm honored to be here, and I just appreciate everything that you do for the for the industry and kind of your your focus on on elevating the profession. And I'm just a really big fan of um, of how you teach and what you teach. And I think that we're really aligned in that way. So uh, thank you for all you do. And again, I'm I'm really honored to be here. Um, as for me and the, the high level of it all, I uh, I've known I was going to be an entrepreneur since I was a little kid. Um, it was that day in school when the teacher was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And like all the other guys were like, oh, I want to be a baseball player, a lawyer. The girls were like, I want to be a ballerina princess. And they were like, well, what do you, what about you, Zach? And I said, I don't know what I want to be. I just know I want to do a lot of things at one time, you know? Um, so I've been in business for years and years doing a whole bunch of different things, but I really ventured off on my own, um, for the first time when I was like 23 years old, I went to college like I was supposed to, um, did what I was supposed to, but my parents always knew that I was going to take a different, a different path. And, um, early on, early on in my, my business career, I, um, I was an idiot, quite frankly, you know, I was an idiot. I was, I was arrogant. I was naive. I, I didn't get things in writing. And so my first kind of dip into the entrepreneurial pool, I, I learned a $200,000 lesson, um, if you will. And, uh, $200,000 lesson. Yep. $200,000 lesson. I cost myself 200 grand. That's that's a that's an expensive lesson, but one that we always remember, right? I'll I will forever remember it. Uh, it, it every time I get presented with any kind of documentation for since then, and that was now thirteen years ago. I read all of the fine print. I make sure I get everything in writing when I negotiate something. Um, I will never make that mistake again, you know, because it was on me. It was totally on me. Um, but that um. You know, that that experience led me into a pretty severe uh, depression. You know, I'd really kind of puffed up my chest. I grew up in Los Angeles. I'd moved to San Francisco to kind of trail, you know, blaze my own trail against the, you know, against kind of the the desires of my family and my social circle. And when it went when it crashed, I really felt a great amount of shame and disappointment in myself, a ton of shame and disappointment in myself. And so I actually resorted to something that. Um, was familiar to me, and I was actually smoking a lot of pot. I used pot as a as a coping mechanism. And my my mom called me kind of shortly after it happened, and she said, "Hey, why don't you come back down to LA and let's just kind of talk about you know what's next for you?" And I said, "Sure, no worries." And I looked over on my bookshelf, and there was this book, and the book was called "Ask and It's Given," and I knew it was kind of one of these like 
spiritual, like personal development, like woo woo kind of books, you know? And I was like, all right, well, based on my results, things aren't going so well. So maybe I should try a different approach, you know, to, to how I look at life. And all of a sudden I start reading about kind of the law of attraction and energy and what you focus on expands and all this stuff. And, um, I get home, I feel this overwhelming sense of calm. Like I kind of figured out, you know, how the world works by reading a book. And I go home to my mom and I say, mom, and my mom, you have to know, it's like one of my best mentors. She's a traditionally trained psychotherapist. I was like, mom, I was like, I'm going to be fine. I was like, law of attraction. I just have to think happy thoughts. Like I just got to be positive. I can tap into the power of the universe, mom. And it's all good. And being a traditional psychotherapist, she's like, I really think we should talk a little bit more about this. And I was like, no, I got it. I was like, I'm just going to go back to San Francisco. I'm going to get a sales job. I just got to, got to make some money. Right. And I'll figure it out. And uh, she said, okay. And that's where network marketing entered my life um, in a real way. I had first been exposed to network marketing uh, when my dad tried doing it when I was younger. Um, all the things that we teach against, he probably was guilty of doing. <laughs> Did he and, tell you you were going to a barbecue and then you showed up and they were drawing circles? Bro, my, dad, <laughs> my parents divorced because of, of financial challenges, like so many people, right? Finances are a big stress. And my dad goes to me one day, he goes, hey, he goes, I figured out how I'm going to get back on track. He went broke. My dad went real broke. And he goes, I figured out how we're going to get back on track. Like, I need you to come with me to this factory. I'm going to show you this product I'm going to sell. And no joke, dude, it was bars of soap. And inside the soap were plastic little toys. And the idea was when kids were done using the soap after taking a bunch of baths, they'd be left with toys. And he's like, and here's how it gets distributed. And he explained... MLM to me. And I was like, this is the most ridiculous business model in the world. Like you're going to make money selling soap. And so immediately that's where my story about networking got created. I was like, I'm going to be a real entrepreneur. So anyway, I go to this sales job. I walk in and I just wrote, I just wrote a long post about a kind of a pinnacle experience I had in my life honoring this person as a part of it. And I walk into this sales center, call center, right? Like just a chop shop really. And the guy looks at me and he goes, you don't belong here, man. Like, what's your story? And we started connecting and he started kind of pouring into me and, 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 and putting more personal growth books in front of me. And then one day he says to me, he goes, Hey, he goes, I need your opinion on a product, like the ultimate kind of backdoor approach, right? He goes, I need your opinion on something. He says, you drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. I'm looking at a business. I'd love to get your opinion on the product. I'm going to a meeting on Saturday. Will you come with me to check this thing out? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm open, right? I'm, I'm entrepreneurial. Like I'll, I'll go look at it. And so they start serving this coffee and it was at the time, some of the best coffee I'd ever had in my life. And they're talking about how, well, we're going to import it from seven different countries from Africa. It's all high pH, low acidity. And I'm sitting here going like, oh my God, everyone drinks coffee. Like I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. <laughs> and then they say, and we're going to distribute it using multi-level marketing, network marketing. And I literally, just like this, I just kind of sunk down in my seat, closed. And as we left the building that day, that same gentleman, my friend, he pulled me aside and he says, listen to me. He goes, you don't know this yet, but you have the potential to be one of those powerful networkers I've ever met in my life. He said, go home and do your research on the profession. And if you really get what it's all about, and you still decide that it's not for you, then no big deal will part as friend. And I thought, that's fair enough. So I went home and I started researching and I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. But what I came across 
was, and you and I both know him, I came across Brilliant Compensation by Tim Sales. I just hung out with Tim like last week and then a month ago we were at in Canada. Legend, right? Yeah. Total legend. And I'm, I'm learning all about leverage and I'd never heard of leverage before. And it made so much sense to me. And I said, okay, wait a minute. Here's a way where an aspiring entrepreneur can get into business, learn how to create leveraged income in a way that the average person could never do it. And I was like, this is all me, all me. I'm all in on this. But what really struck me, Rob, was uh, in doing additional research, I came across this statistic. And I don't know how real this stat is. I don't, but I've lived by it. <laughs> and it said that the divorce rate in North America would be reduced by 50% with an additional three to $500 a month brought into the household. Yeah. And when I read that, it all came full circle to me because I just, in the moment, I, I thought to myself, I know not everyone's going to hit a financial home run. I know not everyone's going to put in the work that I'm willing to put into this thing. But what if I could help a bunch of people make an extra three to $500 a month? Because what that statistic told me was maybe, just maybe, my mom and dad stay together. My mom and dad stay together if he knew how to do this. So that was my why. My very that, that's crazy powerful because you just shared the backstory of the experience of one of the biggest reasons why you felt like your, your parents got divorced, right? And those are always some of the top causes, right, of divorce is it's money. I joke around with my wife. You guys know I'm just really open, sometimes too open. I swear if my wife watched some of these lives, it would be like, because she doesn't like, she hates when I talk about her. Even when I speak, sometimes she'll leave before I speak in front of crowds, but I joke around. I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm just going to say it. Now I have to, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm too far in. So I joke around with her and I'm like, look, like, you know, obviously there's more to it, communication, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, the top two causes of divorce, they say, are, are money and lack of sex. I'm like, so if we just have a lot of both, babe, like we got a great marriage. She'd kill me right now if I said that. She's like just laughing, right? Like, but at the same time, she's like, shut up, rolls her eyes. But I'm like, you know, I thought it was a pretty simple solution, you know, newlywed. I was just like, here, here are the top two, you know, causes. I'm just solution oriented. That's the yeah. way I think, you know, why not? So having a little bit of fun, having a little bit of fun. So, so I wrote down a couple of things. One thing I love is your your the person that was talking to you that that really was showing it to you and you said no 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 network marketing no 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 the thing that i love is that he empowered you and said how great you would be not in a cliche way where we reach out to everybody you'd be so good he knew based on your background based on your ambition he knew that it was genuine and he found a way to see that in you i had one of my my friends that was actually my best recruit ever in network marketing. He's made millions upon millions upon millions. Most of you guys know I don't, I don't build anymore. It was great. But uh, in large part, I felt like I became the number one recruiter out of a million distributors when I was building because this guy was teaching me so much and it was someone I sponsored. He was a head hunter. Mm -hmm. And he said that years before he joined network marketing, he's golfing with a very no name in network marketing, a guy who's made over $40 million in network marketing. And the guy, he looks at the guy, he's like, wait, do you do network marketing? And, and the guy that's made over $40 million looks at me, he's like, yeah, I'm actually really surprised that you don't. I 
seems like it'd be a perfect fit for you for lifestyle, income, making a difference in the world. That was it. Didn't try to recruit him. He's like, that stood out in my mind, even though I'd never done it. He planted that seed. And then the other thing I want to say, and then we're going to go into some of these sales questions is that everybody loves network marketing. I love saying this when I was doing opportunity type, whether it's Zoom, meetings, anything, and people just look at you, right? Like, what? They want to jump out of their seats. I'm like, just hold on a second. Test this out. Imagine with me for a second. You got a legitimate product. You got a legitimate company. You got some friends and family that are doing this with you. You've created some financial freedom, whatever that is to you. It could be an extra three or $400 that actually would create that incredible, right? Lifestyle. It could be that for you, it's that elaborate vacation, right? That you're doing. And it could be that it got you out of your job. It could be whatever it means to you. Do you love network marketing? I'm like, well, that's different. I'm like, of course it's different. It's network marketing done right. Network marketing done right is your greatest dream. Network marketing done wrong is your biggest nightmare. So you've got to look at it from a perspective when you're talking of network marketing done right is your greatest dream because they get time freedom. They get everything. Like I've had people list out. I'm like, list to me what your dream business or job or anything. And everything they list out is network marketing done right. We associate, like Zach was saying earlier, we, we have this association to it done wrong. Of, oh, my goodness, I got to be spammy, pammy, and I've got to spam all my friends and convince them to do something that they don't want to do. And I'm going to be part of the NFL, the no friends league or the no friends left. And we're like freaking, that's how I was. I said no to 11 different network marketing companies because my association like yours was awful. I live in Utah, love Utah. And there's a million companies here. And it was like so many people approached me the wrong way. And so I totally get, I was just trying to buy some time for all of you, just so you guys all know, because inside I was panicking on the outside. It may not look like it, but inside full on panic. I don't sweat. I was starting to sweat. Zach was gone. The main featured presenter here. So we made it guys. So now let's, now let's transition back. So sales, 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 sales. You know this more than I do, because that's what you did before with sales, is the negative connotation to the word sales. It's this misinterpretation of, I've got to be the negative used car salesman, which there's great used car salesmen, but the negative of, I've got to convince someone to do something they don't want to do. So maybe just give us some perspective on why selling is actually good, why we all sell, and how we can reassociate selling to help us to have more success that we can actually be, we are givers if it's done right. So I think that would be a huge insight based on your background and how successful you've been in network marketing. Yeah, right on. I, I love because you said, I don't want to convince somebody to do something they don't want to do. And I look at sales as the complete opposite of that. My perception of it is I can't wait to influence somebody to do something that they want to do. They just have so many blocks around them. They don't know how to do it. I really believe that sales, when done properly, equals service. To me, sales is service. The best, most professional salespeople in the world all we are ever doing is identifying a problem for people, 
identifying what their blocks are to taking action towards solving that problem, and then providing a solution. Now, if we believe in what we're selling, then all we're ever doing is helping people to take action in their life where otherwise they're paralyzed. And there are absolutely ways to be a holistic, love-based, professional, consultative salesperson when you care enough about people. If it's all about earning a, a rank advancement bonus or hitting a quota or hitting rank or whatever, you're going to come across that way 100% of the time. But if you're truly invested in the idea of understanding what a person's fears are and what their limiting beliefs are and helping them to paint their own picture and cast their own vision through a series of very simplified questions, you then become what I believe to be one of the most important people in all the world and that's a doorman or a door woman. You're just a door person. That's all we're ever doing when we're selling. We're simply opening a door. That's it. We're opening a door with a posture that says, we know what's on the other side of this door should you choose to walk through it. And if you don't, it's not like we're gonna slam the door shut. We're always gonna leave the door open. But the best salespeople in the world, all we are ever doing is fostering growth inside of people's minds and hearts that their beliefs currently deny them from pursuing. That's all we're doing. I love that. And when coming to it, I mean, I'm, I love how you just said, I mean, I wrote that down, sales equals service, because I mean, look, everything in life is sales. Some of you have heard it before. You got to hear it again. I mean, you look at Zach's wife. You look at my wife. We had to sell ourselves big time. There's nothing wrong with that. It's selling, right? The value in a win-win situation. My kids are selling me on fruit snacks and crap every single day, right? Like it's everything is it's, it's, it's getting what you want and need. But it's the same thing. It's creating a win-win scenario for other people. And I think we just have this negative connotation when in reality, people are buying what you have, all of you. People, every single one of you, I don't care which company you're in, I don't care what you do, every single one of you has something people are buying. And I believe, because I know most of you and I know network marketing and some of the very, very best products, that they actually can get better products through you. So why are you cool with them going and buying something from a corporation, which is empowering less people, and you're not cool with them actually buying something where there's even more value in your mind with the product? Because sometimes I think, I don't know what you think, Zach, sometimes people have this weird thing of, yeah, but I'm making money off of it. So you're cool making a stranger money? Yeah. And I, I, I literally like, I'm a big, and you'll learn more about as we, as we continue to deepen our relationship and stuff like that. Some of you learn about me and, and the people that know me won't be shocked by this at all. When I say what I'm about to say, I'm a really big believer in speaking in polarities and extremes, because when we're willing to speak in polarities and extremes, it helps us, it helps us to realize how ridiculous we're being with some of the justifications we create when it comes to why we do or don't do something. But I would just ask the people that are watching this a very simple question. If you saw someone drowning, literally drowning, if you saw someone in, a, in the ocean or in a lake or in a pool, literally gasping for air, trying to survive, would you throw them a life raft if you had one? Would you throw them a life raft is the question. It's a very simple question. If you saw someone drowning, would you send them, would you, would you throw them a life vest so they could survive? 
And everyone on here is going to say, well, of course. And so to that, I would say, prove it. Because that's what we're doing in our profession. Every single night, people are going to bed, praying for a solution, gasping for air, having no idea where it's going to come from. We hold the keys. And how un how, how, how ridiculously selfish of us to not throw them the life vest. Now, should they choose to grab the life vest and fight for their own lives is entirely up to them. But I refuse to be an innocent bystander watching someone gasping for air and pretend like I don't have the ability to make an impact and potentially helping them from keeping them drowning. That's how I look at sales. I, I love the extreme. I love, love, love that. Uh, one of the things that I like to say, in the, and the last question for this that I'll ask is, is maybe some of your top tips because the word closed, right? There's lots of different yeah. definitions, but that scares the crap out of so many. I know it did for me when I first started, especially when they're talking to people that are friends and family. But one of the things I was thinking as you were just, you were speaking about that is I challenge people and ask them this, is your why a lie? And they look at me just appalled and offended. I'm just some tough love. Is your why a lie? My why is so big and they, they list everything. I'm like, okay. So if your why is that big, do you believe in your products? Oh, best products ever. Okay. So wait, the products are that great. Do you believe that it's an incredible opportunity? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So your why is that big and that deep? Your why moves you. Your why makes you cry. Why are you not willing to give other people a chance to take a look at it? I mean, imagine if someone wouldn't have taken a chance on Zach and how many how many people's lives he's changed. I mean, the impact has to be hundreds of thousands, not just from his organization, but other people inside of the company easily because someone's so selfish that, yes, I'm going to be blunt, your ego gets in the way. Literally, it's your ego. I don't care if you feel like you're a humble pie and just don't like attention. If you're that self-consumed, as Zach said, selfish, you're not willing to talk to other people, good luck. So you got to challenge your why. Is your why a lie? And you're going to say, no, it's not. Okay. Well, I, I've been saying this. I said this probably for the last five Facebook Lives. I'm going to say it again. Ralph Waldo Emerson's quote is one of my favorite of all time. What you do speak so loudly, I cannot hear what you say. And some of you are just like, you just stabbed me. I'm not trying to hurt you. Sometimes we just need to be like shooken up a little, right, to get some of that tough love as you go. And sometimes, as, as you all know, I always say, sometimes we actually have to listen to ourselves less and talk to ourselves more because we're irrational our thoughts and we got to do what Zach was just saying, going through the extreme examples and you got to talk to yourself more and almost have this like rational conversation. Like, why am I so freaking scared? I don't get it. What's wrong? So you can add anything you want to that. And then I think really the last questions we're going is I would love to hear maybe some of your, your top tips on closing maybe the process maybe the mindset as as we know that so many are just so scared to even ask yeah i actually and i think i and i i agree i think closing becomes a very scary word for a lot of people and i for a long time people would come up to me and say you're a master closer a master closer and i would actually disagree that is not where i'm masterful where i'm masterful is i'm a master opener and i think that's the part that people miss the reality is in any sales scenario most of people's prospects are going to make their decision within the first 45 seconds to 90 seconds of an encounter with somebody. They're deciding because old adage, people buy from people they know, like, and trust, right? So that first 
two minutes of how we open people and how committed we are to learning about them and getting present with them and actively listening and really wanting to identify what their pain is so they can feel that we that we have so much compassion for, for their situation that they buy into the belief in those first two minutes that we can lead them from where they are to where we deserve where they deserve to be in their lives, that's when the decision gets made. All closing is, and this is the part that it usually flips people's script, all closing is is a natural end to a conversation. That's what closing it is. It's no different than when you go to a store and you, and somebody's helped you at the store. They, you know, ladies will do it shoes, right? You go to the store, you've tried on a bunch of shoes. They've con they've consulted with you. These fit. These don't. These look great. These don't. Finally, decide on which pair of shoes you want to go to, right or buy. You walk up and they ask a very simple question: How would you like to pay for this today? That's closing. That's it. How would you like to pay for this? So our process though, is we run through people through something called the discovery process. And it's based on um, a, couple of, a couple of key points, right? So step one is we're gonna build rapport using form, right? Families, organizations, recreations, motivations, whatever it is, right? Then essentially we're just gonna identify what they're looking to, what they're looking to create, right? If it's a business conversation, one of our favorite questions to ask is, um, how much additional income would make a radical difference in your life on a monthly basis right now? How much additional income would on, a, would on a monthly basis make a radical difference in your life right now? And they'll answer and we'll ask them a question. Great. What would that allow you to do that you can't do today? Right. What would an extra grand a month or $500 a month allow you to do that you can't do right now? They gave us an answer on a scale of one to 10 with 10 being totally committed. How committed would you say you are to creating an additional $500 to $1,000 a month so that you can blank, blank, and blank, right? We're just always tying it back down, tying it back down. They'll answer. They'll usually say eight, nine, or 10 if they're qualified, right? And if they say eight, nine, or 10, that's awesome that you have that high of a level of, of a commitment. And this is where the magic happens. Tell me why it's so important to you. Why is it so important to you to earn an extra $500 a month? Well, so I can, you know, so I can, so I can pay off of our credit cards, you know, a little bit more quickly. Why is it important for you to pay off your credit cards more quickly? So I don't feel like I'm drowning. Why is it important? Do you feel like you're not drowning? So I feel like I can be more present as a mom. Why is it important for you to feel like you're present as a mom? Because I want my kids to know that I'm, that I'm, that I'm there. Why is it important for you, for your, for you to feel like your kids there? Because my mom wasn't there for me. So what we've just done is I've asked seven times, five to seven times, why is it important to you to create blank, right? And they're going to tell me. And usually by the fifth to the seventh level, we're going to get to the real reason. Has nothing to do with the money. Has everything to do with being a mom in a way in which she didn't have a mom in her life. So now I have an emotional anchor. Then I'm going to tell a story of somebody who reminds me of her. You remind me so much of our partner, Susie. Let me tell you about Susie. I tell Susie's 15 second story. Then I make sure that they feel completely informed. Are there any other questions I can answer for you today about what you've learned in our videos or our tools, whatever it is? Great, I answer their questions. Great. So based on the goals you shared with me, I recommend how to get started. And then my quote unquote closing line is, do you feel like you have enough information to get started today? That's it, that's it. And if I ever get the money objection, hey, great. Let me just take you back. When you said that you want to be present in your kid's life, were you serious about that or were you just kidding around? I was serious. So would you be willing to tell your kids that what you want to create for them isn't worth 
$500 or whatever it is to get started. Do you want to go tell them that? And usually the answer is no. You can tell Zach was great at sales. And again, you guys just learned that reassociation to sales. Let me sum it up right there. Questions are the answers. Always. Questions are the answers. And too many times, I don't know if it's insecurities, if it's we don't know enough, right? We haven't learned enough. We haven't been trained. We haven't gone through the process. But too many times we jump to conclusions. And the number one problem with miscommunication is assumption. And we just assume, right? Like they'll tell us. They'll tell us what their concerns are. They'll tell us what their objections are. They'll tell us what their insecurities are. Almost always. Always. Just ask, right? Like just just ask. And, and a lot of networkers get to hear what I'm about to say. And this is so important. I know you love your products. I know you love your company. I know you love your comp plan. But stop telling people what they need and start finding out what they want. Stop telling people what they need. No, we're the worst at it. We, and I say we because I used to do all the same stuff. Like, stop cold messaging people saying like, hey, you need to use this product so you can have more energy. How do you know they're not the most energized person on the planet? Like, stop telling people what they need. Start finding out what people want. And like Rob said, questions are always the answers. The other thing I'll guarantee you is if you take people through a eloquent process of asking questions, your retention. I love that. He talked about creating a process as far as the close go. Think about that. Creating a process when you're closing. Too many of us, right? We just jump to conclusions and we're just so insecure and we're so scared to ask the question, but he's asking questions. Why, 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 why? He's going through why, process of why, why, why. And the best thing I'll say, and I saw you make a post about this and I actually love it. I don't even care. I'm like, I know it sounds weird, but I love how you said, you know, too many people focus on, it was something about like, like courses and people think, you know, something on like, they think like the gimmick's going to work. And I love that. And the reason why, and I'm a coach and I say that to people because, right, I was number one recruiter out of a million distributors. I've been there. I understand that. My, one of my favorite quotes is training doesn't work, work trains. Mm-hmm. And too many people are getting caught up in procrastination development. They both stand PD and they think that that's personal development and I'll tell you, you know what? Yeah, I've read slash listened to over 800 plus books, but I could study all I want on how to become a professional pianist, right? Or professional tennis player, professional basketball player, professional anything. It doesn't matter how much you study. You don't want to be the broke know-it-all and you don't know it all. You can't, we never know it all. But if you know everything in your mind and do nothing, you know absolutely nothing. And too many times we get caught up because we think it's the path of least resistance and because we're so busy and we're working in our minds. And Zach, I worked 30 hours this week. How many freaking new people did you talk to? Well, nobody yet. But I made the plan for the plan of the plan of the plan of the plan. Look, nothing's going to happen unless you take action. So stop it. I just recorded my first podcast today, which who knows? It could be like, two months before it goes out because I want to have like 10 that go out at the same time. Guess what? I didn't have the equipment. I've got a, a cold. I had to stop in between and go find a, a cough drop. Didn't have any. So found my three or five-year-old's little sucker cough drop. Put that in. I took a photo of it to show it later. It's I'm hiding in the closet because training doesn't work, work trains. You know what? 
I don't want to be the procrastination development. I got to practice what I preach. And trust me, people, I'm the person that felt like everything had to be good before I did it. My first book took me seven plus years and that was my mistake. And so I've had to continually learn. So I'm not just calling you all out. I'm calling myself out. We all go in and out of that. 100%. And that's why I, I tell people a lot it's all the time. I say, at the end of the day, action breeds clarity. Action removes all doubt. It's just the simple answer to all things is through action. And so many people are scared of looking bad or saying it wrong or doing the wrong thing or whatever. And I would invite you to understand that the people that are most successful in this industry and in any industry, quite frankly, are the people that are willing to fail faster. That was one thing I was just never scared. Like there was no part of me that was concerned about people's thoughts about me or what I was doing or anything like that because I understood at a very young age, if I, if I buy people's opinions, I buy their lifestyles. Mm. So I wasn't overly interested in their lifestyles. And so by, that, by all accounts, no thank you on your opinion. And I never feared failure. And this is something I want people to really get. I never feared failure. What I was terrified of, terrified of, was regret. Terrified of regret. What if I don't do this? The number one regret of the dying is that they wished they had lived a life according to who they wanted to be, not people, not who people expected them to be. They wish they had that kind of courage. And so that's what fueled me. I just don't, I can't relate to people that are like, I'm scared of what they'll think. And newsflash, I just want to wake up everybody. No one's thinking about you. I hate to break it to you and your ego. No one is sitting around waiting for you to give them a bad pitch. Nobody. They have lives. They're busy. They have families. They have kids. They have their own insecurities. They have their own stress. They're busy worrying about what the people they look up to are thinking. It's just this ridiculous cycle. So if you want to break the mold of human conditioning, then you got to be willing to do something a little bit different. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for coming on, dropping some insightful bombs there, wisdom. I mean, think how cool this profession is that we get to get on. And I wish when I started, I would have had this. I know you wish you would have had it just learning from other people and we figured it out. It's it's mainly because we just took a lot of action. So all of this is to help increase your learning curve, but only if you take massive action, massive action in, in the income producing activities. And if you do that, it'll make a huge difference. So Go follow him on social media. He's always dropping a ton, a ton of insights on the network marketing profession. Thank you. Thank you so much, Zach. I appreciate you for making time and getting on. Thanks, brother, for having me. So grateful for my entire journey and everything that I've experienced. And so to be able to pay back a little bit of what I've learned along the way is a, is a huge blessing to me. So thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast. If you're loving the podcast, make sure you go smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of the latest and greatest podcasts. And as always, please go leave a five-star raving review. And then the last thing I always want to mention to all that listen to podcasts is if you go to www.robsperry.com, I have tons of free content there to help you out to build your network marketing business.